Today's Bible study is Nehemiah 6. You got it. I'm going chapter by chapter, baby. Oh, man. Do you know if you went chapter by chapter every day in the Bible, it would take you three years to go through the entire Bible. So you know what? I figured I had nothing better to do. <laughs> so, yes, I'm going to go through chapter by chapter. Oh, and again, the disclaimer I am not trying to pronounce all these biblical names. I could, but then it'd take a long time. I don't think I get the post done. So I'm supposed to be working now. All right. So anyway, um, chap Nehemiah chapter six, man, it is getting deep. He is, he has finished building the wall. He hasn't yet put up the doors and the gates. But um Sambalot, he is still trying to kill him. He says of just some key points um, from chapter six, verse one. And the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there was no breach left in it. Although at that time I had not set up the doors and the gates. So Sam Blot and some of his friends come said, come let us meet together at Capernaum. In the plan of, oh no, I, I probably did pronounce those wrong. Sorry about that. But they were planning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and cannot come down. So Sambalot, um, you know, is trying to kill him. He doesn't want him to do the work. Remember, he got angry because he was um, rebuilding the wall because he was doing something for God. I still don't get why that mattered to him. But anyway, so he kept sending um, messages to Nehemiah to come. And Nehemiah, notice how he handled it. He stayed focused. He said, no. He said, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave to come down to meet with you? He was to the point. When the enemy says, don't go. When the enemy says, I'm sorry, when the enemy says, come, just don't go. How many times has an instinct you knew something was wrong called on you and we would go? We follow the flesh and fleshly desires, even when we know it will harm us. God can help you say no and simply don't go. It is that easy Yes and no. The answer is simple. Don't go. But yet the execution takes faith, determination, and hard work. And that definitely is not easy. So it's a little bit of both. We have to expect to do our part. So anyway, verse four, they sent word to Nehemiah four times in the same way. And Nehemiah answered them the same way. No, I'm focused on my work and I'm not going to go. Again, notice the enemy does not just call once, but he keeps calling to wear us down, hoping that you will answer his call and go. But don't go. Stay focused as Nehemiah did on God's good work. Keep your eyes focused on the prize. I love plans like that because they're so true. You know that great documentary about the civil rights 
movement, eyes on the prize, will keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Then Sambalot sent his servant to Nehemiah in the same way a fifth time. This, this man does not give up. This brother does not give up with an open letter this time. So he done raised the stakes. And it said in the letter, it was reported among the neighboring nations that they were saying that you and the Jews are planning to revolt. And that is the reason you are rebuilding the wall. So they done started lying on Nehemiah, trying to tell him what his real plan is. Because obviously it's something devious against the king. Again, let's look at the plot of the enemy and how it forms itself. One, the enemy notices something you're doing good for God. Two, he gets mad. Three, he calls you to come to him for the specific reason of harming you, for the specific reason of causing you harm. The enemy resorts to threats and lies about you. The enemy challenges your motives in the work that you're doing for God, being accusations of you wanting money and power. You know, I can't tell you how many people ask me what I charge for praise moves or calls my students clients. You know, that's a subtle way the enemy is saying I'm trying to benefit or get something from somebody simply because I'm putting together a group of women and men or whoever that simply want to meditate on God's word and pray and work out and share and have tips and form relationships, a ministry. Even in the church, I've had to tell people over and over again, this is not a business. It's a ministry. I don't, I, if I get a donation, I give it to the church 100%. I, I pay for everything to run the ministry from my paycheck, or I make sure I find it an opportunity to do it for free. And I even send gifts out, but still, people and God, um, God's enemies try to make me sometimes rethink my motives. Hmm. Don't do that. Stay focused. Stay the course. See the pattern. So then verse 7 says, also it's reported that you have appointed prophets to make a proclamation concerning you in Jerusalem, saying that the king in Judah and now these things will be reported to the Persian king. So come now and let us consult together. So the enemy wants you to think he's actually helping you. But did you notice in the same verse, he was also threatening him. And he also tried to instill fear in Nehemiah all at the same time. But say, you know, so you need to come so that we can consult together. It's all a lie. On verse 8, he says, I sent a message to him saying, such things as you are saying have not been done. You are inventing them in your own mind. Notice how Nehemiah responds. Simply, this is not true. And he continues his work for God. And he confronts him in saying that you have made all this up 
in your own mind. How many times have we gotten in trouble for thinking that somebody has done something or something has happened and we just made it up? None of it's true, don't have any evidence. You just know what you know. Hmm. Then verse nine goes on, for they all wanted to frighten us. That's what Nehemiah was saying. Thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it will not be done. But now, oh God, strengthen my hands. Wow. There's a praise moves position that we do all the time. It's called the work of our hands. That gives me a whole new understanding about the verse. So we are now wise enough to understand the enemy's plot against us. The plot never really changes. It's all based in fear, causing us to fear and get discouraged so that we will stop. But we have to remember that with God, all things are possible and we have to do our diligent work through the strengthening of our hands through Christ. So fear is the key. When we fear, we are giving strength to him and taking our focus away from God. The enemy's goal is to discourage us. So we will simply give up. But verse nine again says that God, our God will strengthen our hands. That's how you reach for victory. Nehemiah goes on to say in verse 10, when I went to the house, well, I'm not going to try and say the dude's name, okay, but he was confided in his home. He said, let us meet and take refuge together in the house of God within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple because they are coming to kill you. And they are coming to kill you at night. The enemy always strikes us in our darkest moments when he thinks we are weak. But what he fails to learn is that in our weakest moments, that is when we are the strongest because of God. Second Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Nehemiah said to this gentleman that wanted him to flee and lock himself into the temple and hide because someone was coming to kill him. But Nehemiah, remember, he was not a priest. He was just a, a servant. He was a cupbearer for the king. But he said, should a man like me flee in fear and hide? Should someone like me enter the temple for sanctuary to save his life? I will not go. Nehemiah, because he wasn't a priest, might have thought he was unworthy or undeserving of God's grace, his mercy, and protection because he was not a priest. You know, you don't need a degree to learn about God. You don't have to be in the ministry to share his holy word. Someone once told me we were all called to minister. 
I see Derek's face right now, smiling while he's telling me that message. And I doubt he even knows how close I kept that to my heart. Those words encouraged me to move forward and feel like during times when I wanted to flee, no, I will not go. We flee in many ways. Some of you might have thought about suicide or depression. You know, those are extreme ways of fleeing. Most of us don't flee like that, but we do them in very subtle ways by giving up on our dream and our wants and our desires and our passions and the vision that God has given us for our lives. Fleeing might look like being alone or cutting yourself off emotionally, not sharing who you are with others. You can't flee life for fear of pain. We all must live on, even through this pandemic. We have to find connections with others. You find your joy in God's word. So start there. Remember the cross. You reach up and then you reach out. So sharing of yourself is very important. So remember the main point, if you don't remember anything else, always reach up, then out. And remember that God will always show you the path, the straight path, your way. So verse 12 says, Nehemiah then realized that God had not sent that gentleman, that he had spoken this prophecy against Nehemiah because Sabalot and a couple of others had hired him. So everyone that proclaims to want to help you hmm, might not necessarily have your best interest at heart. If they're trying to provoke you to fear or to not move forward because of fear, you need to rethink what are they really saying to you? Because fear is not of God. So Nehemiah says this in verse 13. He says, he was hired for this reason, that I would be frightened and do as he said and sin. So they would have grounds to make a, ma a malicious report in order to censor and disgrace me. So Nehemiah was actually saying, if he had given in to fear, that would have been a sin. And it would have led to censorship and also disgrace. So we always need to put our trust in God. So 14, remember, oh my God, Shamalak in regard to these actions of theirs, and also remember the prophetess and the rest of the prophets who were trying to frighten me. So Nehemiah's praying to God and saying, Jesus, look at their actions and their motives. They tried to frighten me. So I took this lesson to me. You know, when I do Bible study, it's, it's really personal. Sometimes I wonder why I want to share it. <laughs> but I have a passion to share it. 
so I won't be frightened to get real. So when I thought about that, I needed to take into account as well about fear. When you talk to people, when you minister to people, when you give people advice, you have to be so careful. You never want to frighten someone from following their God-given dreams. We've learned fear is not of God. I never want to be a part of helping to promote someone's fear of stepping out on faith. That makes my actions sinful. I never want to be an instrument used by the enemy to promote fear. The only way to conquer fear is to go down to the stronghold and face it. I have to remember too in the ministry that I can only see my dream, my path for my life. I can't see a path for others. So if others have a path that God has laid on them, it's not for me to say, oh, that sounds a little crazy because I don't know what God has given them and put on their heart. So we need to remember that, especially with our children and our friends, they have to follow their passions, despite if we think we can see a future in it or not. It's not for us to see their future. That's for them. That's between them and God. So the wall is finished. Amen. Took 25 days. It says when all the enemies heard about it and the Gentile nations came around and saw it, they lost their confidence. For they realized that this work had been accomplished with the help of God. Moreover, in those days, many letters went out to the nobles to tell them about the great work of God. So you think it would have ended there? Nope. Because verse 19 says, they sent more letters to Nehemiah to frighten him. <laughs> Let's pray. You know, the last thing we want to do is give in to fear. We want to know again that in all God's ways, we need to acknowledge him and that he will make straight our paths. We want to remember that his grace is sufficient. And in our weakest moments, oh, that is when we have the greatest power in Christ Jesus resting upon us. Heavenly Father, God of Israel, we just ask you to uplift us, to give us strength, to give us courage to move forward. We ask for the wisdom that Nehemiah had to see the enemy trying to work through others to frighten us and discourage us from doing your work. Heavenly Father, may we have the wisdom to know what you want us to do and the courage to do it, the courage to see our path. And if we alone see that path, it's okay. Because no one else has to see the path that I have for my life. May I put that trust in you. As small as a mustard seed, all I need is a bit of faith. And if I say to that mulberry tree, move, it will move. So Heavenly Father, 
anything that is in their way right now, anything that is blocking their path to you and their dreams and the things that you would have them to do, we say right now in the precious name of Jesus, move. And we right now, we thank you, Jesus, that it is moved. In Jesus' name and by the blood of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Now, you know what? I am not a priest. I am not a minister. I'm just a person that loves to share my Bible study. And that is a beautiful thing. So go to Nehemiah chapter 6. Read it for yourself. Get your own insights. Hear what God has to say for you. And share that with me on Facebook. I love you. Have a blessed day. And Happy New Year.